From the Financial Times in London, I'm Jonathan Wheatley and this is FT News. The tiny but enormously wealthy Arab Gulf state of Qatar has been blockaded by its neighbours for three months over accusations that it funds terrorism in the region. Qatar not only denies the charges but defiantly took its complaint to the World Trade Organization this week and has just spent nearly $6 billion on Italian naval warships. Here with me to discuss the latest developments is our Gulf correspondent, Simeon Kerr. Hi, Simeon. First, tell us some of the background. What exactly is Qatar accused of and by whom? Well, the quartet of Arab states, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain and Egypt, have accused Qatar of supporting terrorism and undermining stability in the region. Particularly, they've accused them of backing political Islam, extremist groups linked to al-Qaeda, And this is both through direct funding, but they also claim that Al Jazeera, the TV station which they fund, has also been inflaming this process around the region. Is there any any basis for that? Well, certainly, I think the broader issue is that the quartet of Arab states and Qatar have a very different attitude to the future of the region. The quartets want to see stability come back after the Arab Spring, and they want to base it around monarchies and strong men, strong governments and and a lack of democracy, whereas Qatar has certainly flirted with the idea of political Islam playing a bigger role in governance. And this is at the heart of the issue. Now, certainly Qatar has accepted that they need to improve on some areas of terrorist financing. However, foreign observers would say, yes, while Qatar has got further to go, some of the other quartet states themselves also have further to go as well. So I think on the Western observer side, there's a bit of frustration that there's so much focus on claims against Qatar, which might go back to 2011, which might have changed now. And how is Qatar responding? And why has it bought these warships? Well, the warships form, I mean, it's not the first deal they've done. They also bought American fighter jets too. This is to show a tough response to a situation. They are very much encircled at the moment. It's very tough for them. But Warships are one thing. What they've generally done is they've knitted themselves into the global economy. This certainly is helping to do that. But before that, they've made a lot of investments abroad. They're the biggest exporter of liquefied gas around the world. And so they've made themselves very important to the global economy. And this helps protect them. And they certainly see that at the moment, this is one of the major cards they have to play is their importance to the global economy, which makes this blockade against them, this embargo dangerous, not just for them, but for everyone else. How effective has the blockade been and how much impact has it had on the people of Qatar? Well, it's a very significant moment for them and for the region. In data terms, in June, the first month of the embargo, imports into Qatar fell by 40%, down even more from the UAE, one of the blockading states, but also one of their biggest suppliers. So it's had a massive impact. They've been flying in dairy from Turkey, vegetables from Iran. They claim that it's cost them 10 times as much in order to get food supplies in. You know, people go to the supermarket, there's no chicken. It's made a real significant impact on the people of Qatar. However, Qatar is immensely wealthy, as you said before, and they can afford to ride this out for the at least the medium term. So what is the rest of the world doing? What's been the response from outside the region? Well, first of all, America, as President Trump, seemed to come out on behalf of the blockading states at the beginning and was contradicted by Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State. I mean, the US has deep interests in Qatar. Their ambassador resigned because she felt that they were making progress on terrorism finance. Then all of a sudden this came along. Their regional military headquarters are based there, the El Adade Air Base. This is the centre of their regional operations. It's the centre of the fight against ISIS. Intelligence gathering is very important there. They really don't want all their allies fighting against each other. So there's been a lot of diplomacy going on. Kuwait, which remains neutral in the dispute, is mediating. The Americans and the British are also trying to come to a solution. 
And Oman, which is the sixth GCC state, which has always been particularly independent and has strong relations with Iran. One of the claims against Qatar is that you've got too close to Iran and Saudi Arabia and the UAE are very against any opening up towards Iran. Oman has proved to be very important in terms of supplying Qatar now. With the UE blockading Qatar, the ports that are used are now in Oman, and Oman is going to become a much closer business associate of Qatar in the future. So should we be expecting some kind of a negotiated solution, or should we be thinking about the repercussions of this dragging on and how that might work? Yeah, I mean, it does certainly look like it could go on some time. The Kuwaitis, the Brits and the Americans are very much working together to try and come to a solution. There's been a lot of talk internationally about some kind of international monitoring of terrorism finance efforts for Qatar and the other states. And that maybe if Qatar could sort of sign up to some new protocols, that would be enough to get the Saudis and the Emiratis to start talking to reduce the embargo, start to talk again. Everyone's trying to get that moving forward. But to date, Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi have been very, very clear that they're not going to budge until they see Qatar change its ways. And they've given this list of 13 demands which they're sticking by, which are extraordinary. And if Qatar was to respond positively to all of them, they would be limiting their own sovereignty. And that's what they said they won't be able to do. So at the moment, the sides are really a long way away from each other. So the mediation efforts have got a long way to go. What about the future of the GCC itself? Well, I mean, the repercussions seem to be that if this carries on, if there is no resolution, then Qatar runs a risk of binding itself close to its current ally, Turkey, and maybe sort of get even close to Iran, which would be a counterproductive outcome for Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi. They could push Qatar further into the arms of Iran, with whom they have a big problem at the moment, worried about Iran's influence across the Middle East. And once again, that's probably the dynamic which underpins all of this, is Saudi Arabia, with its ally Abu Dhabi, is increasingly trying to challenge Iran for its interference in Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Yemen, Bahrain. And so the Qatari element risks changing and maybe fueling that dynamic and pushing those two regional superpowers further towards conflict. I think that's really worrying people too. We'll be watching. Thanks very much, Smith. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.